Hello and welcome to Joe's Boys, a podcast for little women, little men, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Peyton Thomas. I'm the author of the novel Both Sides Now. I'm also a writer for publications like Pitchfork, Billboard, and Vanity Fair. And I'm here today with my very special guest, a very good friend of mine from way, way back. Today on the pod, we have Jaime Armenta, who is a writer and comedian from Los Angeles, California. He is a performer at the PAC Theater and a member of their sketch team, Pageant Comedy. Jaime, welcome to the show. Hi, Peyton. It's so good to see you. <laughs> I'm amazed at that breakdown. You did research. I didn't know that I'd done that much. He's booked and busy. Yeah. Shout out yeah. Shout out to the PAC Theater, booked and busy. Yeah. Everything that you say now on Stan Twitter originated with Jaime in the 2010s. Well, I, I don't want to say everything, but <laughs> I will say that a lot of the nightmare world that we live in is a little bit my fault. We're so grateful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, so thank no you for problem. being here. What is your relationship yeah. to Little Women? So my relationship to Little Women is really entwined with my relationship with Greta Gerwig because ah, yes. I remember watching Lady Bird in 2017 and just being like, <laughs> oh, this is this is everything that I've kind of always wanted. And coming of age stories, it was both biting and tender. And I was like, oh, I, I love that. I love that point of view of hers. And then I heard that she was directing a remake of Little Women. And I'd, I'd never touched Little Women oh, yeah. in any of its forms throughout media. <laughs> so I was just like, I don't I don't know what this is, but in the hands of Greta Gerwig, I trust it. Yeah, you were like, I am prepared to stand. And I don't know if it's her take on the Little Women reality show that was on a few <laughs> years ago. <laughs> or... <laughs> If it's based on anything literary, but I'm willing to take that trip with her. December 2019 rolled around, the movie came out, and I was just like, I was blown away. It was tender, beautiful, cathartic, and probably the last tender, beautiful thing I experienced because it was December 2019. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. Was it, it was my last pre-pandemic movie. Was it yours as well? No, because that distinct honor goes to uh, Birds of Prey, a Harley Quinn story (laughs) (laughs) that I I saw on three separate occasions, not of my own volition, just because I so the circumstances kept circumstances in my own life kept taking me out of the movie, and I had to. I I only watched it in full on that third time, but we're not here to talk about Harley Quinn. They are little women of a sort. everything becomes a cinematic universe. So at some point we will get Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy fighting crime. But until then, until then. Until then. Yeah. Until Disney buys out Greta Gerwig. Until Disney. Well, she is already doing the Snow White movie. I don't know if you heard. Behind the camera, right? Yeah, no, she's not like, she's not Snow White. She's writing the live action Snow White. It might be the first live action Disney movie I actually take the plunge in seeing. We'll see. uh, Yeah, me too. Absolutely. And so you didn't read the book as a kid. I didn't read the book as a kid, but everyone I'd ever talked to about Little Women, the film had apparently, it was a cherished childhood treasure of their childhood. Right. Yeah. And they just never talked about it openly with me. And I was like, what the, can I cuss? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so everybody was willing to talk to me about Harry Potter all day, every day, but right. never a mention of Little Women. I've talked about this just with cis men or like people who grew up raised as boys and it seems like it was really like a, it was pretty much like a girls only phenomenon yeah or yeah, yeah or like sense. yeah if they had sisters then mm-hmm. they had some familiarity with that way so it, it might it might just be that it might be you yeah. know it took Greta yeah. Gerwig it took Greta yeah. Gerwig to see me as a cis man and say yeah. <laughs> this can also be for you yes exactly yeah. like 
yeah. genuinely exactly i was joking but there might be some truth to that yes yeah. have you and, and no shame like have you read mm-hmm. the book since seeing the movie not in full only okay. in preparation for today Ooh, okay um, love that and, <laughs> and i i didn't just read chapter, so okay today we're gonna you gave me a specific chapter to cover yes. i didn't just read that chapter i read everything <laughs> leading up to that and okay okay I, I do love that mm-hmm. just as a quick observation I do love yes. that Greta, Ger- Greta Gerwig did not and she's I remember her saying this in interviews but mm-hmm. she didn't really stray all that far from the source material no, like, no there are lines there are lines in the film that were uh just lifted from the the, bo- yeah. the book yeah yeah she lifted lines from the book uh like she she lifted lines from like uh, Louise May Alcott's journals and letters and everything like she did yeah. her homework yeah so so then I guess that brings me to my next question which is uh, which March sister are you and keep in mind for the purposes of this podcast uh, Lori is a March sister right Lori is a March sister okay yes I I was thinking about this because actually while I was reading the book I've also been watching sex in the city for the first time okay <laughs> and <laughs> and i'm gonna do it i'm gonna draw a parallel between all right please little women in sex in the city just in the way that we talk about which character are you i think it's pretty easy to draw a parallel between sex in the city and, and little women because they all kind of like fit into these neat okay yeah say more archetypes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Beth, the sexy one, uh, Amy, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> all, all this to say, Sex in the City, that's adults, that, that is full, that's grown little women. And I've always identified more with the cynicism of a Miranda. Okay. And in just, in talking about little women, mm-hmm. I'm like, wh- where do I kind of see that? cynicism and well not cynicism because they're they're well they're children so I kind of think back to like who I was as 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 a kid and I was yeah yeah I think I think I'm more aligned with with Beth oh really really yeah yeah that's interesting I would not have predicted that for you why Beth because as a kid I was very (laughs) sensitive all the words that I used to describe the Gerwig's <laughs> adaptation of this is, yeah, yeah. is what I is what I was as a kid. I think that's part of the appeal of Gerwig's adaptation for this. Like <laughs> it, it appeals to my inner child when I remember that. Oh, I, I was. <laughs> I, I was like that. I was very like, oh, you have to see the humanity in in, in everyone and in mm-hmm. every like there's value in every living thing. I was like, yeah, I was a yeah. Barney. I was a Barney kid with the morals and principles instilled in me by that purple (laughs) dinosaur i was extremely sensitive and i was yeah i'm a beth i don't know what that bodes for me in the future but (laughs) no i i think i think beth is is the the most virtuous march sister i think i'm i'm glad that we picked this chapter because it has some really good beth moments for us to dig into kind of before shit gets real for beth (laughs) So it's also kind of a stroke of casting genius because I what I knew Eliza Scanlon for before Little Women was uh, sharp objects and the roles could not be more yeah, different. more different. <laughs> like she she did an amazing job because I remember <laughs> watching the end of Sharp Objects and just being like, wow, that's fucked up. <laughs> 
and I didn't leave Little Women in 2019 with that feeling. I think what happens to Beth is fucked up. It's just, it's mm. fucked up in a different way. Yeah, it's fucked up in a different way. Yes, yeah. And do yeah. you know do you know very much about Louisa May Alcott's life, her family, any of that? I did in January 2020, and it's all been obliterated. Okay, by, okay. Um, yeah, because post That's fine. Uh, Little Women 2019, I was fascinated and I wanted to dig into everything. Due to circumstances in the last two years, it's kind of all been obliterated from yeah. memory. No, so I, I completely I understand. Much. So I read the book for the first time as an adult, obviously, mm-hmm. like right after GGLW, Greta Gerwig, yes. Little Women came out. And <laughs> we need to abbreviate it somehow. And, and ever since then, I've been doing a two-year deep dive. <laughs> I bring it up just because Louisa May Alcott was asked by her publisher if she was mm-hmm. interested in writing a children's book for girls. And she initially did mm-hmm. not want to, right? She wrote in her journal... Okay. I never liked girls or knew many. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is also like... she's decisive. Louisa May Alcott was out here in literally the 1800s saying, I feel as though I am by some freak of nature, the soul of a man and the body of a woman. That's who we're dealing with. (laughs) It comes through obviously most clearly in the character of Joe, who in Mm. chapter one gives us a big monologue. Oh, I can't get over my disappointment at not being a boy. And like... (laughs) I'm in hell. I don't want to be a girl. <laughs> Louise May Alcott did not want to write a girl's book. She wrote one of the children's book, a book based on her experience as a nurse in the Civil War. She'd written a book for adults, which was about a girl who gets married and regrets it. I think the moral of the story is like, you shouldn't get married. The prototypical <laughs> so, gone girl. Pretty much. Yeah. It ends with, she has kind of two suitors and they both die in a shipwreck. And then she revised <laughs> it so that only one of them <laughs> <laughs> dies in a shipwreck. I'm sorry. That's yeah. a note. That's a note that she got yeah. from her head. Like, and, you can't yeah. have both of them die. No. <laughs> Seriously, you don't know how close you are. You don't solve the love triangle problem by, like, killing <laughs> both of them. By eliminating the triangle. <laughs> like, yeah, Louisa May Alcott was certainly, by today's standards, we would have considered a trans man or queer. I happen to think trans man the most likely. Little Women... She finally got around to writing it because her dad also wanted to publish a book and Mm -hmm. her writing Little Women was kind of a condition of her dad being able to publish his book as well. So so she finally did it essentially as a favor for her dad and got it out and was like, I think this is super boring, but you know, whatever. (laughs) Then it became a smash. (laughs) I did some research. I went to her archives in October and I was looking at some receipts and invoices. I was like, are these in 2021 money? What is going on? <laughs> she was making so much fucking money. Wow. Commas in these numbers in the 1800s. So that, yeah, no. Yeah. Little Women I mean, was a smash hit. I'm just amazed at the girl boss antics. That, Truly. Um, wow. Yeah. I'd heard. I remember that that interview that Greta Gerwig did mm-hmm. about Louisa May Alcott. And... Mm-hmm. I remember like just the absurd amounts of money that and still translated to this day. It it just, it does blow my mind a little bit. She went from being extremely, extremely poor to phenomenally wealthy as little women took off. Classic rags to riches. Truly. I mean, and the rags, (laughs) her rags for a (laughs) long time. It was autobiographical. She had three (laughs) sisters and one of them died. Years before Little Women was written, I found journal entries and letters where she was referring to herself as Joe in the third person, which is interesting. Mm. With that in mind, with those four sisters in mind, we should get to talking about the actual chapter we're here to talk about. Jaime, do you want to break down chapter four of Little Women as best as you can? 
as best as I can. Can you give me a yes. little help here? We've had some plot development up to this point. They've gone to the New Year's party. We've met Lori. This is sort of a four sisters chilling out at home in their community. Oh, right. Yeah, yes. we get to meet Meg and Joe are kind of older teenagers, so they have to go to work. Meg is a governess for a, a rich local family. Joe is, uh, is just hanging out with Aunt March. <laughs> yeah, she's a paid absolutely, companion. Absolutely chilling with Aunt March. Amy, Amy goes to, to school. Beth is too shy to go to school. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, she I is... loved that, but that's who I was as a kid, and that's also who I relate to so yeah. much to, to Beth. Yeah, it says Beth was yeah. too bashful to go to school. It had been tried, but she suffered so much that it was given up. And she did her lessons at home with her father. And in her father's place, Joe is taking up the educating Beth job. So we kind of get a day in the life of all four March sisters, heady little day-to-day botherations. We get some very good, especially sweet Beth content. We get, interestingly, there's an incident with Amy. Every movie portrays Amy as that shitster in class, but it's actually her classmate here. She draws a caricature of their teacher and has to stand up with the slate. I read that part as... You know, when you do something embarrassing, something embarrassing comes up in your past and you're telling a story. So you go, yeah, Yeah, my friend, my friend got in really bad trouble in class once. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was wondering about that too. I was like, Amy, are you, because Amy's (laughs) a little stunt queen. I think she gets in trouble at school. So with the exception of the Little Women anime, of which- You gotta link me to that one. I will. Amy is the narrator and protagonist of that one. Oh, that's fantastic. That's an unreliable narrator if I've ever heard of one. She sure is. So maybe because it's Amy's version, you know, Little Women brackets Amy's version. She's drawing the teacher on her slate and the teacher comes up and says, wow, this is a beautiful drawing, Amy. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And then then he slips her a hundred dollar bill and then everybody in the class gets up and claps. Yes, everybody claps. So the girls, they all tell the story of their day and then they come back home and they're all complaining. And then Marmy is like, okay, well, I spent my day down at the Civil War Helping Center. <laughs> Just a humble brag. I remember this mm-hmm. directly in the film, that, that yes, line of, yes. those lines of dialogue. So she's yes. talking to the Civil War man who's in the Civil War right now. And he's like, oh, I've had, was it three or four sons that he's lost to this war? Four, yeah. Two were killed and he was on his way to visit an injured one. Mm-hmm. and Marmy is like wow I come home to my kids and my kids are like why can't I see my dad mm-hmm. but really when you put it in perspective other people have it so much worse yeah. which is um, a little <laughs> bit of toxic positivity on Marmy's part but I mean okay <laughs> yeah, like... for the time being for the time being I'll let it slide and also she was played by Laura Dern so yeah. I'm gonna let it slide for Marmy <laughs> The girls, you know, they all have average days and stuff that bugs them. And they come home and whine about that. Marmy's like, well, I talked to a guy whose four sons all died in the Civil War. So count your blessings. So in this chapter, there's four sneak peeks into the four sisters' lives. And Joe goes to work with Aunt March, who I had up to this point, it was only on this reread, which is crazy for me, Mm. that I realized there was an Uncle March. Aunt March was married at one point, it says. Yeah, Wait, it was. I miss that little detail. Yeah, yeah. Dustin Spider since Uncle March died. Oh, that's what I love about Louisa May Alcott. Yeah. You blink and you'll miss a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She'll just throw random details about a man, but yeah. they're ultimately like not all that important. <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah. we get some sweet. Uncle March was a kind old gentleman. He used to let Joe mm. build railroads and bridges, bought her gingerbread. 
So he's dead. And honestly, up until this read today of this chapter, I had been working under the assumption that like Aunt March just never married, took her part of the family fortune and just sat on it. Lesbian spinster Aunt March, let's do it. I think it still works. I think it still works. Like, I don't know. It doesn't say when Uncle March died recently because Joe remembers him. But Aunt March is in no hurry to remarry. And she is just, I'm going to live my life. She's kind of a crotchety old lady. And she's certainly portrayed that way in all the movies. But she and Joe really do get along in Mm -hmm. spite of themselves. Why do you think that is? Well, my first thought after (laughs) you reminding me about Uncle March is that maybe Aunt March just misses a masculine presence. And Joe kind of fills a bit of that niche for her. Mm -hmm. But also, my reading has always been... Despite Aunt March being crotchety, underneath she ultimately still cares about these girls and she sees a tenacity in Joe. She's willing to take care of the family that maybe she doesn't see with the other girls. Not yet with Amy, right? She sees it more in in Joe. Meg's a little bit more preoccupied, which honestly, I I love that Meg (laughs) frequently and often voices, God, I wish I were rich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I love luxury and I love things and I, I miss them so much. And Beth is more secluded into herself. And I think Aunt March just sees Joe with a willingness to go out and get what she wants. And I think yeah. in a sense, she admires that. I definitely agree. And I'm thinking of one other detail we get. When Aunt March falls asleep, Joe goes off and she's been reading aloud to- I love um, this. Yeah, right. she's been reading aloud to Aunt March from the Book of Sermon. And then when Aunt March falls asleep, she goes back and reads The Vicar of Wakefield, which is a more scandalous book, I guess, by the standards of the day. And <laughs> when Aunt March wakes up, she scolds Joe. And then it's like, well, what were you reading, though? And Joe is like, let me tell you. <laughs> and then just like reads a ton of it and stops and is like, should I keep going? I think you're bored. And Aunt March right. is like... Fuck off. Keep yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it's yeah. great. I think mm-hmm. Aunt March is one of those people that mm-hmm. presents as closed off, but is yeah. kind of yeah. just waiting for someone to yeah. to pry to pry them open and show them some fun. Yeah. She she she's a closeted stunt queen. Like she she loves oh, absolutely. And, and drama. <laughs> yeah. One hundred thousand percent. It's also worth noting we don't get any how or why, but Aunt March doesn't have kids, and she was married. There was an no. Uncle March. They never had kids, so we don't know why that never happened. But it's interesting to note, and it, it feels like it might read into lesbian Aunt March theory or yeah. something like that. No, yeah, yeah. absolutely, it does. She There's killed a, that man. Sorry. I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. She killed that. <laughs> okay. And honestly, Louisa May Alcott, most of her writing especially up to this point, she would write really tawdry, scandalous, bodice rippers for daily newspapers under pseudonyms. <laughs> like she loved a murder story. She loved a scandalous sex story. It's completely possible that Aunt yeah. March killed Uncle March for his money. Interesting. I was going to say there's a middle grade graphic novel, Little Women, that's pretty recent called Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy. And in that one, Joe comes out as a lesbian at the end. And Good calls Aunt March to like tell her the news and Aunt March never returns her call and Joe is like why does Aunt March not like me anymore and Marmy's like oh some people you know just it's hard to change their hearts and you have to (laughs) and then Aunt March comes over and is like listen Joe I am a lesbian (laughs) oh good good. (laughs) it's like yes I had paused for a second. I was like, I know. That, that's online with the characterization no, no. of uh, more. Okay, good. Yeah, that is more like. And yeah. she was like, I just didn't know what to do because I haven't been out. <laughs> but like, you made me realize. And I'm like, <laughs> good. No, Aunt March, 100,000% lesbian. This was maybe even like a lavender marriage, who can say, with Uncle March. We learned that he had him. 
queer pictures in his Latin books. What are you going to do with those queer pictures? No, I'm, I'm going to take that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to take the modern day definition yeah. of queer and uh, just go ahead and stick that right. on there. Wow, I can't believe we cracked this mystery. It was Aunt Marge's lavender marriage. Okay, so that's that's Joe. That's what Joe is up to. She's just being a rapscallion over at Aunt Marge's house. They're just lesbian vibes. <laughs> just weird vibes. <laughs> And then Beth, your favorite. Right. Beth is too bashful to go to school. And so she stays home caring for her little army of six dolls, including Joe's doll, which had been so obliterated that it was missing a head and arms and legs. She cares for that doll the best, which <laughs> is very sweet. Yeah. I feel a little full of myself to say that I identify with the virtuous. <laughs> no, no, and no. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful <laughs> Beth. But yeah. Yeah, to, to care that deeply. I was like, yeah, yeah that was me as a kid. There's Go such ahead. a be beautiful picture here of Joe is the kind of kid who rips the arms and legs and head off her Barbie. And mm. then Beth is the one who picks up that Barbie torso and swaddles it, takes it outside to get fresh air. To put it in terms of RPGs, every yes. party needs a healer. That's what Beth is. That's absolutely what Beth is, 100,000%. Beth is a healer. Beth is a caretaker. It seems like that was also the role that the real life Beth took in the Alcott family. She's the only one whose name Louisa May Alcott did not change. She was Elizabeth in real oh, life. And she's Beth in the real book. She loved to play the piano. She loved dolls. If you go to Orchard House, which is the Louisa May Alcott House Museum, you can actually see the real life Beth's broken raggedy dolls. <laughs> All of this is from life. Yeah, Beth is too shy to go to school mm. and just lives to care. You know that thing, mining your trauma through content? Yes. Just that saying, this feels like that and also doesn't feel like that. It also feels yeah. like, oh, I remember my sister and she was like this. But queer people have been mining their trauma through content for a millennia now. I'm glad you brought that up because obviously one interesting diversion from life is that in the first half of Little Women, Beth recovers from her illness and survives. Right. So it might have honestly been a wish fulfillment thing. She, right. she didn't know that she was going to write a part two. So she wrote, my beloved little sister gets sick, but she lives mm -hmm. and she's well. And she runs across the floor to hug her dad when he comes home from the civil war. Yeah, and then in, fulfillment. I think that was her idea of a happy ending. And, and oh, for sure. Weird. It was probably weird to her that people weren't satisfied with that. And then in the second half, Beth does die. And I, I, I can't speak to the logic behind that decision. Maybe it was she was in a better place to just kind of reflect on what had happened. But she seemed like a very sweet kid. Rest in peace, Elizabeth Alcott. Thank you, Beth. Okay. We honor and cherish you. We do. We, we stand, Beth, in this house, as I've said we before on this podcast. <laughs> so then, okay, we have stunt queen Amy or Meg that we can get into next. Let's do Meg because I do want to finish off with Amy. Because uh, Okay, uh, yeah. Even though, even though I don't... I, even though I don't identify as an Amy, I do recognize that um, Amy is, <laughs> I think in my adult life, I, I am Amy. I'm, in, yeah, yeah. if we had to bring it down to like astrology, yeah. sun and moon, in my interior sure. life, I am Beth, in my <laughs> sun, in my external life, I am Amy. Because when you said it up top, you were Beth, I was like, you were the biggest Amy I know. <laughs> I mean that in the best way. I love Amy. I love I May love too. Who yeah. Amy is based on, and Amy mm. is kind of a hatchet job on the real May Alcott. May was not happy, <laughs> <laughs> but I love Amy. Okay, but yeah, no, Louisa May 
truly is a, a, a wish fulfillment across the board. She said, if I have to write a girl's novel, I will write it in the way that I am satisfied with it. And then and then in part two, I will just wreck it and you'll still buy it. And she was right. Are we not yeah. still buying it? Okay. So yeah. Meg goes, oh, it does seem so nice to have little suppers and bouquets and go to parties and drive home in a carriage and read and rest and not grub. It's like other people, you know, and I always envy girls who do such things. I'm so fond of luxury, said Meg trying to decide which of two shabby gowns was the least shabbies. Can I just say, to, yes. to make another analogy to Sex in the City, Charlotte, yes. pure Charlotte. <laughs> pure, <laughs> and are you familiar with Sex in the City, Peyton? Yeah, I watched some of it in college. And then my friend Grace was like, you do not need to be watching this. It's yeah. like, it was 2011. She's like, why are you bothering? <laughs> No, everyone, that's everyone's reaction to my telling yeah. them that, that I did that, but mm-hmm. it's so funny and useful, I think, as a cultural artifact yeah. from then, and Megan Charlotte, Megan Charlotte, absolutely. Yeah. If yeah. you've never read Little Women, which I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast if you've never read Little Women, <laughs> if you've never read it and you need an analog from Sex and City, Megan Charlotte, just loving yeah. things. Yeah, 100,000%. Which is really cool, I think. Yeah. And so then Meg goes off to be the governess and comes home and says, okay, the weirdest thing happened today at the house that she's the governess of. Mm -hmm. I found everyone in a flurry. And one of the children said that her oldest brother had done something dreadful and Papa had sent him away. I heard Mrs. King crying and Mr. King talking very loud. And Grace and Ellen turned away their faces when they passed me. So I shouldn't see how red their eyes were. I didn't ask any questions, of course, like classic Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> <but> I felt <laughs> so sorry for them and was rather glad I hadn't any wild brothers to do wicked things and disgrace the family. So what happened, Meg? Wow, this incredible scandal is going down. I'm not going to ask any questions. <laughs> but that's none of my business. <laughs> but I am going to tell everyone about it, though. <laughs> but I, yeah, no, I, I've, got go- I've got gossip. I've got a story to tell. I love that. I love that she kept the the question as to what happened open-ended so that they could speculate. What do we think happened? And is she substituting Joe with this thing of wild brothers who can't do wicked things and disgrace the family? That's my question. (laughs) Yeah, and she she really said, I'm glad there's no one around in my family to embarrass me, right, Joe? (laughs) No, but it does remind the reader, though. They don't have men readily available in their life, which is... That's right. Yeah. I don't know if in their day-to-day they think about it too much. Probably Joe does because Joe's like, I wish I were a man. Yeah, yeah. What do you think the King brother did? What was the wicked vile that disgraced the family got him sent away? A child was crying. Yeah. The children are crying and the mother is crying mm-hmm. as well. It was it was vile and despicable. Like I, <laughs> I I don't know. What do you think he did? I public drunkenness. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound like he could have deserted the army because then that doesn't track with being sent away, right? Right. So he got publicly drunk or something, or mm. maybe he caught someone pregnant. Although that at that time, they would just be like, okay, we're going to cover it up with a marriage. I don't know. Is he gay? Is that it? Yeah. Gonna... Well, here's the... <laughs> Was that what we were both thinking? Okay. <laughs> here's the thing. I'm kind of like trying to yeah. adjust my brain for sure. what was considered vile and despicable at the time. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Did, he not, did he not have a handkerchief at dinner? Like, I can't focus <laughs> what, what he did wrong. So mm-hmm. if it's enough to break an entire family's heart, then yeah, yeah. We, could, we could read that he was gay and <laughs> Meg chose to not out him to, <laughs> to the family. When <laughs> she and she's glad that she doesn't have any wild brothers to do wicked things and disgrace the family pointed look at Joe. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Jesus. No, that's okay. a reading. Actually. Yeah, that's a reading actually. Yeah, that's a reading. Like that. Yeah. Obviously, this is a podcast for queer readings of Little Women, and we're gonna get into it. But I think this one—I don't know—I'm I'm reading between the lines here, and I—that's I, what I'm reading. Okay, and then well, I guess that brings us to Amy. Last but certainly not least, who uh, final girl? Who, yeah, final girl. <laughs> <laughs> who? Uh, who said well my friend did the most embarrassing thing at school today and got punished in a scene that every adaptation from here on out is just going to make me do so <laughs> <laughs> it's juicier and more in line with amy's character if she just does yes that. yeah like i said before i do love the reading of amy coming home and being like my friend did the most embarrassing thing today when i haven't read the rest of the book yet but does amy end up becoming an artist like she is portrayed in the film not really. She does get to go to Europe with Aunt March and she does take painting lessons. While does she get to give the economic proposition speech? No, she surely does not. I mean, that's... I'm going to burn this book. <laughs> <laughs> she still winds up with Lori. She still goes on her tour of Europe. The real life Amy, who was May Alcott, also went to Europe, also became a painter and actually quite an accomplished painter and creative instructor. Mm -hmm. I learned that she actually, she was the art teacher of the sculptor who sculpted the Lincoln Memorial. Wow. We have little women to thank for the Lincoln Memorial. She taught him to sculpt, to be clear. So wow. good for her. In the book, she doesn't have quite the, that was kind of a little feminist update from uh, Greta, the economic right. proposition scene. Love that scene. Yeah. I ask because Amy is saying in the scene, my friend did an art and got in trouble for it. When Yes. Amy, aren't you the artist? Well, and she, and she is. She does do art throughout the book and she puts her foot in a plaster. And this is another, the book is a hatchet job on Amy because in real life, <laughs> she did make a plaster cast of her foot, but it turned out fine. And in the book, she's like, can you believe Amy, this dumbass, <laughs> got her foot stuck in plaster. A uh, character needs flaws. Yes. But to give a queer reading to Amy. Oh, okay. Um, she's, she's a liar. Um... <laughs> <laughs> She's a liar and she's uh she's willing to sell someone down down the river to avoid any further humiliation <laughs> by way of being like it was my friend who did it. Yeah, can you believe it? Susie Perkins. A name that I didn't make up uh five seconds ago. <laughs> Just in the dynamic of all of them telling stories, I feel like Amy probably wanted to have an interesting story that day. Yeah, yeah. Amy's always competing with everybody. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. She's the youngest sister. I don't know if you've seen the 1994 Little Women with Winona Ryder. But I've seen the cover of, of the film, which is, I feel like that's good enough. In Greta Gerwig Little Women. GGLW. GGLW. In GGLW, Amy as a child is represented by Florence Pugh with bangs. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's a scene when Amy's in school and Florence Pugh is just surrounded by eight-year-olds, <laughs> which is a choice. <laughs> 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 in the 94 Little Women, in part one, Amy is Kirsten Dunst as a little baby. So she is actually a child mm -hmm. and everyone else is kind of in their early 20s, right? But Amy right. is actual child, Kirsten Dunst. And then in the second half, she's just a completely different blonde actress. Okay. She's an adult. Yeah. Wow, they really lost out because if, yeah. <laughs> they, if they just waited a couple of years, Richard Linklater boyhood style, they probably could have <laughs> had like a killer performance from Kirsten Dunst. Also, no, Kirsten yeah. Dunst has been in everything. Sorry, just to touch yeah, on that no. really quick. She's, she's acted widely. I love that. Shout out to Rachel Syme in that article about Kirsten Dunst with the artwork of Kirsten Dunst surrounded by all the other Kirsten Dunst. That, you know? that was fantastic. 
I didn't realize this until recently. She did the <laughs> voice for the Studio Ghibli movie, Kiki. She did Kiki for Kiki. No Ghibli. way! She's been in every. She's been in everything. Holy shit, yeah. Kirsten yeah. Dunn's hardest working actor in America. One yeah. detail I really liked here is Amy doesn't like the way her nose looks. We know that. And we learn here that it's because oh, that. when she was a baby, mm-hmm. Joe had accidentally dropped Amy into the coal hod. <laughs> <laughs> And Amy insisted that the fall had ruined her nose forever. Joe dropped Amy on the head as a child. <laughs> I do enjoy that Louisa May Alcott admitted that, like, hey, I dropped her when she was a kid. I know, it's funny. I dropped her, but Amy's still going to bitch about it yeah. years after the fact. <laughs> That's the kind of person Amy is. I just dropped her once on her head as a baby. It's also, it's very consistent with Joe so far, just because Joe is kind of characterized as being clumsy as fuck. Right. Earlier on, Joe says, there never was such a cross family, cried Joe, losing her temper when she had upset an inkstand, broken both bootlacings, and sat down upon her hat. So that's very quick, three things. And she's just said, Joe, knocking everything over and breaking everything. everything. <laughs> breaking everything. Contracted to drop a baby in the coal hod. That tracks with everything that we know about Joe. Yes. I don't remember whether or not she says this in a novel i don't know if the <laughs> phrase already existed but yeah bull in a china shop yeah oh truly, yeah. truly. i don't yeah. i don't know if that's in the book but yeah that's yeah. <laughs> very much i should be a boy and i'm just gonna break everything and run around and be wild it's i like that joe is so physical and we get such a sense of her mm-hmm. physicality i was just reading today that when little women was published in england it got some critical backlash for the speech being crude and uncouth and unladylike oh, which and rife with americanism so some of that is just british snobbery about american speech but i feel like a lot of it is also just the heroine breaks things on every page rolls around in the mud and i love that i love that no i love that too So, Jaime, because you're here, I wanted to ask you a very important question, which is the four March sisters, who would each one of them stand? Okay. Yeah. Meg Selena Gomez. Unfortunately, Uh, that really... (laughs) Meg Selena Gomez. (laughs) Beth. Mm -hmm. Sarah Bareilles. Yeah, yeah. Good good taste. Piano ballad. Joe. Joe's a hard one. Yeah. Let me see. (laughs) Demi Lovato. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Amy, Amy's easy, strident and Charlie XX. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You don't think Lana Del Rey? For Amy? For Amy. No, maybe Meg. Maybe Lana Del Rey for Meg. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Really yeah, yeah. But no, Amy is hyper pop. Charlie XX, Arca, Sophie. I don't think, I don't think Joe likes <laughs> gonna be fucked up i don't think no, joe no, likes yeah. music i don't think joe actively engages with music she will hear give your heart a break at the dentist's office <laughs> she'll be like i like this and then demi comes out as non-binary and joe is like interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me more mm-hmm. <laughs> okay okay oh Lori, do you want Lori too i'm gonna tell you Lori, right oh, okay, okay please go ahead so you go over to Lori's house and log onto mm-hmm. his computer and you open itunes <laughs> there's literally <laughs> only one song oh, oh. Strawberry oh, no. Blonde by Mitski, 10,000 plays. Oh, that's fantastic. That's really good. That's yeah, really just... good. You had me yeah. play that game so you could say that, which I really appreciate. Thank you for feeding me down. I didn't, I actually, I didn't think about it until right up till the end, but Lori would obviously also listen to Sophie. So that's, it's nice that you mentioned Amy would be a Sophie standard so they could bond over that, which I appreciate. Yeah, there's some crossover there, yeah. Yeah, they're kind of like femme for femme. So. Exactly. 
Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, on that note, Jaime, thank you so much for doing this podcast with me and bringing your delightful you. perspective to it. I hope you enjoy the book if you <laughs> keep it up. I'm going to read the rest of it. I'm yeah. a book person, I swear. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, and come back anytime. Yay! All right. Thank you so much. You can follow Jaime on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at catshitgirl. That's C A T S H I T G I R L. You can follow me at Peytonology on Twitter. That's P E Y T O N O L O G Y. You can buy my book, Both Sides Now, anywhere fine books are sold. And I will be appearing at the LA Times Festival of Books on April 23rd on a great queer love and YA panel. Go to latimes.com slash FOB for more info. Thanks. See you next week.